Hour number two, Darren Nodick and Chase on this Tuesday morning. Appreciate Alan Bell for coming in here first hour. Good discussion with him. He, tell you what, he brought up some really, really good points, especially the whole Arthur Smith stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to lose a lot of these guys, especially on offense, well, what difference does it make that he's been around the building for a long time if they're going to go bye-bye and it's going to be new people? And what was one of the biggest reasons that we said this is a good move for making him the OC, that he would have familiarity with one particular person that's sitting on the bench? So, yeah. and, and it just hasn't looked much better even with Tannehill. I mean, it's looked better – in certain places, I think quarterback play overall has looked better. But the offensive play scheme, I, I'm not ready to give up on him. But I will say that with where this team is currently at, if somebody like a Jay Gruden is available to be the OC and you know you're you're in win-now mode and you're able to keep some of these players, like if they're able to keep Derrick Henry, you know, keep maybe Jack Conklin, build the, you know, make that offensive line better, draft a quarterback i would rather have an experienced oc like a jay gruden to develop the next quarterback david poyle in about 10 minutes predators general manager speaking of that we've told you all this week all next week sometime this hour on our show and it's going to be the 11 o'clock hour every day this week and next week one lucky winner right you're going to have a chance to qualify for that trip to dallas winter classic celebration flyaway 7 o'clock hour on morning drive every day, our 11 o'clock hour on this show, and the 3 o'clock hour every day this week and next week on Jared and the GM. But you'll hear a Predators player give you the cue to call. You identify that player yesterday on our show. It was Matt Duchesne, somebody from Murfreesboro. Did a good job of calling in, and they qualified. But uh, the grand uh, the uh, winner will be announced on November 15th. That'll be Friday, November 15th at 5.30 p.m. Remember, this prize pack includes round-trip airfare to Dallas, hotel accommodations in Dallas, a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve in Dallas, a pair of tickets to the Winter Classic to see the Predators and the Stars in the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day. Of course, these prizes are courtesy of Outback Presents. For more details, visit thegamenashville.com. So be listening this hour for your cue to call. The Predators kicked off their four-game road trip. Four-game road trip in eight days. It's spread out. Last night, it was in the Motor City in Detroit against the Red Wings, a team that they were 1-10 against in their last 11. Like, just say that out loud. Well, that's the Peter Laviolette what, era. Well, right, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And that was the second meeting last night. They're already done for the year after last night. They've already played twice. The Predators' second game of the season was here against the Red Wings, and they fell 5-3. to three. But, yeah, they went into that game 1-10 in their last 11. They come out of that game 2-10 in their last 12 because they got down one nothing after one and then opened up a can in the second period. Five goals yeah. in the second period. One power play goal by Matt Duchesne, and then Philip Forsberg would cap off the evening with another power play goal in the third period, and the Preds would skate away with a 6-1 Dominant win over a bad team. They needed to do that because Detroit was in the dumpers. They came mm -hmm. into the game one nine and one in their last eleven. So now they're one ten and one in their last twelve games. And so they're they're one of the worst teams in hockey to this point, starting the second month of the season. And that's a game and a team they needed to beat. It was pretty interesting hearing some of the players after the game actually talk about the stat. They knew 
they knew they had not had any success against Detroit. So it wasn't like oh, they, they were like that stuff. It wasn't like well, sometimes they're oblivious to that stuff, but they they clearly knew that they had had their struggles against the Red Wings, and they took it out on them last night. Yeah, that they needed that for sure to start this road trip. And and what I also thought was interesting is we saw Jofa, the Jofa line of uh, Johansson, Forsberg, and Arvidsson back together. And then a new line with Duchesne moving over to the wing. Kyle Turris played the center. Uh, and um, Cal Yarncroke over on the on the other wing. I, I liked that. I, I thought that was a good combination. Um, Matt Duchesne with the two goals, one being on the power play. Kyle Turris scored his fourth of the season so you saw some guys that you wanted to you wanted to see get it going offensively they did that two power play goals nick kale from morning drive is that much closer to his mm -hmm. dan lambert tattoo yep so uh, i've seen some things on twitter of lambert people, stamp yeah yep. the lambert stamp the lamb stamp uh <laughs> people with their <laughs> designs but uh that colton sissons continues to play well so it and uh by the way goal leader nick benino eight goals <laughs> did you ever think you'd hear that i mean nothing against nick benino but you, you he's not the prolific goal goal scorer well he's doing he's doing the dirty work he's getting he tips is. in front and he's getting rebounds and tips and look that was he deserved that goal he, he won did. the face off he sure did and the face off then after winning that it got slid out to ham Hughes at the point and ham what Hughes did made he do play. he slid down mm-hmm in front and around in and around the net and Hamus knew exactly where Benino was and, and he gets the tip and, and he gets the goal which I thought it was going to be Dan Hamus because 17 yeah. players have scored for the Predators and the three that haven't scored are, is that combination that third D pairing and I was talking with Adam Vingan last night on pregame about it and Adam was actually talking with Dan Hamus he currently is uh, he holds the longest streak without a goal in the NHL right now. Really? Yeah, it's like ninety six games. Yeah, because he—I don't think he had. He didn't. I guess he didn't have right. one last he has year. Ninety six yeah. games. Yeah. So it's the longest in the NHL. Wow. And he brought that up to Dan Hamuse, and I said last night on pregame, I said, Adam, you realize that Dan's going to need to thank you for bringing this up because <laughs> you, he's now going to score because you've you've he shed light on close. this, and when he, that happened. I thought for sure. I was like, oh, my gosh, it actually did happen. And I thought that was going to be the first goal of the evening, but it was by Dan Hamuse. But, of course, it was Benino's goal. But, yeah. Ryan Ellis continues to just amaze, gets another assist. Yossi, the same thing. So the the players you want to see and even some that, you know, you don't expect to to be stepping up and, and adding a ton of offense, they were doing it last night. Uh, it's a good way to start the road trip as they have a couple days off before their next game, a big matchup against the Colorado Avalanche. They have 12 power play goals. They have now scored uh, 10 games of their 15. They've had at least one power play goal. So 10 of their 15 games, they have delivered at least one power play goal. Like I said, they have 12 on the year. They are operating at a 20.7% clip with the man advantage that is currently good for 16th in the league of course for nick kale of morning drive to get the lamb stamp uh they need to be top <laughs> five and currently the vegas golden knights are fifth and they are operating at a 25 percent clip they have 13 power play goals so 20.7 percent 25 percent right now is your marker for top five to get in that top five so Obviously, a long ways to go, but 
I wonder at what point will Nick Kale start sweating? That's a good question. I don't know. Because I, I in you know, I love Nick, but I can see him trying to weasel his no, way out he of won't. this too. No, he won't. He we won't, won't let him. No, he won't. He it's too big. No, I know. But and if it ever gets close, you know, it'll it'll just be worse because everybody will be talking about it. he won't have a choice. It's just peer pressure. He will have to do it. I hope it happens. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, everybody is rooting for the, it to happen. The players need to find out about this because that will just give them a little extra motivation. Yeah. All right. We will come back, speak with the general manager of the Predators, David Poyle. His weekly with us is next on Darren, Donick, and Chase, ESPN 1025, the game. Forsberg, half board, Friosi at the point, return to Forsberg who comes out near the point. Now from the circle, he scores. What a ripper. He really let that one go. <laughs> Power play goal for Philip Forsberg, and the Predators take a 6-1 lead. Philip Forsberg, five goals in the first six games of the season. Then he was dealing with a lower body injury, out for six games. Back in the fold, that was his first goal back, or since being back. Now has six on the season, power play goal in the third period. And that will be the sixth and final goal of the evening as the Predators would win 6-1 in Detroit. Our weekly with David Poyle is right now. Darren McFarland, Chase McCabe alongside. Willie D is heading back from Detroit. He will join us later in the show when he lands. David, how you doing? I'm doing good, Darren. That was a nice win last night, huh? Yeah, we needed that. Obviously, uh, you know, the last couple of games didn't go our way. You know, the the Calgary game only had the big lead 4-1 to and losing in overtime. That kind of left us little bit of a mark and you know we didn't quite recover i guess you would say from the rangers but to me last night was a, a real good effort i mean 60 minutes long i mean kept the uh uh you know put on the on the pedal so to speak all the way through the through the game and uh we rewarded with uh, a big big win against detroit if anybody was going to have a pool going into the season and said you know early november nick Panino will be leading the team in goals if you had that you're currently leading your pool um what what are you seeing out of Nick Benino that is having early success from him? Well, again, just a real smart player. I mean, as they say, uh, you know, uh, if you want the money, where do you go? You go to the bank. And for Nick <laughs> Benino, he's going he's going in front of the net. I mean, let's call it like it is. There's some players that just uh, won't won't do that because there's a lot of cross checks and there's a lot of physical play in front of the net. And I I think about uh, five or six of his eight goals have all been by. Uh, redirections, de- deflections, and you know, good good on him to be realizing you know where where we have the best chance of scoring. I mean, we we break this down all the time in terms of the the danger areas, and we have zone one, zone two, zone three, and you kind of measure where your quality is. And zone one is the place to to be, and uh, that's where Nick Benino has been. So you know, fantastic for for him, and it's been a huge bonus for for us uh, this this uh, early early part of the year. David, I thought it was nice for Kyle Turris to get rewarded because I thought uh, uh, his line had a good shift. It was about five minutes to go or so in the first period, and he rang one off the post. It looked like maybe he was going to be able to tie it up with that, but later on, uh, five and a half minutes into the second period, he did get his fourth of the year. Nice play by him, just collecting a bouncing puck in the neutral zone. But uh, we talked about him so much last year. He's off to a really good start. What are you seeing out of Kyle Turris? Well, Kyle has always been a top offensive player. He's got a real dangerous shot. Uh, I guess I'd like to see him kind of use it a little bit more if he can because he's very deceptive and it's uh, it's very fast uh, 
fast shot. He changes direction, just like he did last night. It's from a long way out, but he changes direction a little bit with his stick and his body, and I think he used the defenseman as a little bit of a screen, and it turns out to be the winning winning goal. So Kyle's getting a lot more chances. Again, our lines have been moved around uh, a bit the last three or four games. I, you know, I'm all right with that because it's early in the year and you're trying to find out who can play with who. And, you know, last night, uh, Yarncroft, who, who has actually played very well and was moved up early part of the year from a third or fourth line position to the top line with Johansson and Arvidsson uh, gets uh, spotted there last night with uh, Duchesne and, and Turris. And I think he really helped them from his, I guess, his energy standpoint and uh, his ability to retrieve pucks. So, you know, it really really benefited both uh, Duchesne and Turris. Uh, Duchesne got two goals, uh, one on the power play and one even strength. And as you just mentioned, Kyle got the winning goal. So it uh, looked like it had possibilities for sure. David Poyle, general manager of the Predators on the line with us, joins us every time this week on Tuesdays. That's presented by Gary Force Acura and Cool Springs Wines and Spirit. Uh, you rewarded Colton Sissons with a seven-year deal in late July this offseason, a $20 million deal. He just collected his fifth goal of the season. Colton Sissons has always been, as I've described him, you always need a glue guy in the room. Colton is one of those guys. I love what he's been doing, especially coming down the right side. He's just been coming down and just delivering some bombs from the right side. I'll ask you the same thing. What have you seen uh, so far out of Sissons? Good start to the season. It's his birthday today, so he's 26. So uh, I'm sure he's happy about scoring last uh, last night. I mean, Colton is a player that uh, we we feel is still getting better in his overall game. Lavi uses him in uh, all situations right now uh, because of Benino scoring so much. Sisson's line has actually become our we call our checking and shutdown line. And if you see last night, there was different matchups through the game, and they weren't as important because we got the big lead in the second period, but. You know, uh, Coach Lavalette probably was going to, when he had the ability to, he'd probably put Sisson's line against Larkin's line, which is Detroit's most dangerous line. And you might see that, you know, on Thursday night in Colorado in terms of where McKinnon is playing. And I would think that uh, it's, it's a little bit harder because we don't have the last change. But when Coach Lavalette gets a chance, you think he'll put him against uh, uh, Sisson's against uh, McKinnon. So all-around player, plays hard all the time. Um a guy that's a really good team player. I think he's uh, um, he's a, a, a leader on our team, a future assistant or possibly captain type of a player. He's that influential with our with our guys. And as I said at the beginning here, I just feel that his game has still got more to grow. And you know, as his hands are getting getting better, he's going to contribute more uh, offensively than he ever has before. And we've certainly seen that in the early part of the season. You brought up last Thursday's game, and I thought uh, Austin Watson was going to pull everybody out of the fire and have the game winner with just over a minute to go, but unfortunately it wasn't meant to be. But he did have two goals in that game, and what a night it would have been. Announced in the second period, he gets a new contract and could have had the game winner late. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to you since that new deal was announced. Uh, three years, $4.5 million. What went into that? And we got a chance to talk to him, Hal Gill and I, in post game after the game, and he really, you could see it. It's just his body language, how much it meant for the organization to to stand behind him. And behind him, and he admitted how tough last year was for him and his family personally, and for you guys to to reward him with a new deal. You you could just 
you could just feel it right there in the room of what it meant to him. So what what went into that decision? Um, well, first of all, there's two goals and two assists. I wish I could sign a, a player every before every game. <laughs> <laughs> We get good results. You wouldn't sign Yossi. I believe we had a pretty good game that night. Yep. You know, you can only you can only dole out so many contracts. <laughs> but on a more serious side, uh, again, it, it's certainly well documented all of the problems that Austin has, has had off off the ice, and um, I really feel that our organization, and I mean uh, throughout our organization, lots and lots of people, uh, lots of players, different different situations at different times, that everybody has worked really hard with. Uh, with Wadi and his family uh, to at least help him get uh, partially where he is today. <laughs> Obviously, the responsibility and the only person that can you know really do it is is Austin Watson, and he has certainly made a, uh, a concerted effort uh, to 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 be you know as responsible as he can as he can be. And uh, for example, his first summer is a, when you look back at it because of all the situations that happened off the ice with. With Wadi, it was first summer he's been able to work out on a regular basis, and um, he, he has, and he and he just looks really good. He feels good. We we totally recognize when you have a situation like this that it's it's a day to day situation. But I I didn't feel that it was right to uh, when we're trying to keep our core of our players together to to just try to you know offer him a one year extension type of thing. I I think it. it really felt that uh, the right thing to do in terms of our relationship is that we should do a little bit of a longer-term deal. And I know he and his family are very appreciative of that, and we're very happy that we uh, signed him, and we obviously hope him the best of luck both on the ice and, uh, more importantly, off the ice. David Poyle, Predators General Manager here with us. And, and just sticking on that for a second, David, is is that one of those, you know, when, you're, when it's all said and done and you've agreed on the terms that you kind of sit back personally and just – Knowing that your part in all of this and the organization's part in all of this—that's it's a little bit of a personal victory to help somebody along like that and then reward them uh, for for coming out on the right side. Yeah, this is uh, uh, this is very difficult. I mean, uh, just because I've been in the business a long time, unfortunately, I've I've dealt with some of these situations before. They're they're never quite the same. Uh, they're always there's always they're always very difficult. Uh, you have the you know the the player that. Uh, Usually, in most most cases, uh, thinks it's a one-off. Uh, the problem is never recognized at the be- beginning. There's there's usually you know a lot of uh, failure, if 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 you will. There's uh, I think relationships don't <clears throat> go go smoothly uh, in mo- most cases because you're you're always negative with the player. You're confronting the player, and you're you're trying to do what you think is is right, but it's 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 hard. And it, again, it always comes back to the getting the proper help and counsel and then you know coming to grips with uh, his, his situation and uh, with the uh, you know with Wadi he has and with our organizations I'm just repeating myself I really feel that uh, we've done the best that we we can to be a an ally uh, for him to be there when he uh, when he needs it and uh, again our, our players probably are at the top of the ladder there in terms of deserving the most credit in terms of how they've uh, kept uh, you know Wadi you know, it's part of an important part of our team and, you know, including them in everything and, you know, <clears throat> looking out for them, if you will. So I tried to get you last week on this and uh, you didn't bite, so I don't think you're going to do it now. But uh, how, how, how long do you want to evaluate some of the other contracts that are going to be coming up this offseason? You're going to 
spread things out a little bit, or is that something that you're already looking at? We're always looking at it. So, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to uh, bite, I guess, if, if you will. I think that there's uh, there's there's a lot of games to be played. Uh, say that we're, we're looking at a lot of different situations. Um, and, again, it's not just me, if you will. It's, uh, it's also, you know, some of the other players. I mean, you know, I, we don't have too many contracts to – to, to do, I mean, there's two forwards that uh, two or three forwards and are in their last year with uh, that's like uh, Granlin, Smith, like Grimaldi, and a couple of defensemen, three defensemen actually, and Hamus, Irwin, and Weber. I mean, we've you know we've touched base with their respective uh, agents and you know try to have that relationship to letting them know that everything kind of has a has an order and uh, you know we're not totally clear on what the cap is going to be next year and. Uh, you know, I just just think it's going to take a little bit more, uh, you know, more time to to you know figure things out. You know, we want to look down the road here a little bit in terms of how our team, you know, fares as we get closer to the, you know, the middle of the season to the trading deadline to see whether we want to want to or need to make any any changes. So I think right now we're we're in a good place, and I don't anticipate doing anything, you know, uh, in terms of other contracts at this moment. So that's not to say. In a month or so that that won't change, but at the at the moment, I think we'll sort of stick with where we are. David, what have you seen out of Mikhail Granlin lately? He had a pretty good start to the season with that that Duchesne line, and I know with injuries, you know things have moved around, and, and Peter Laviolette is trying to find the right combinations. But things have cooled off for him as of late. What have you seen? Well, I think what uh, Peter Laviolette was trying to do last night is uh, kind of message a little bit to our our top two lines that we're getting plenty of scoring, but it's, it's not coming from you. It's coming from this, the third and fourth line, and we just need a little bit more more balance. And, you know, Duchesne was arguably our best forward for the first five or six games. Then he got hurt. Forsberg, as you'd mentioned in the opening, at five goals in five games. And then he got hurt, came back. He finally scored last night. Duchesne gets two goals last night. So just shaking things up. So Kyle Turris gets rewarded by his play and moves up to the first or second line, however you want to call it. Uh, Granlin you know, moves down for at least for, for one night. Uh, Callie Yarncroft, who started on the fourth line, has been now playing on one of the top two lines and playing very, very well. So I think the competition is, is always good. And, again, knock on wood, when I say this, there's going to be things that happen, you know, from good play, bad play, and, you know, injuries that we need to know what people can do. So the fact that we're moving people around right now is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, Ramlin's game last night to me was really good. And he had as many chances as anybody to either get assists or to score a couple of goals. And he just seems to be a little bit uh, snake bitten right now. So I think he's in a good place. He works as hard as anybody on our team. And I'd just like to see him have a little bit more success. And if he, if he could do in terms of getting some points, because if he could do that, I think his confidence would even go, go higher and be a, a top player for us. David, we always appreciate the visits. Uh, enjoy Denver. And uh, we'll talk next week. Okay, guys, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. That is David Poyle, general manager of the Predators. And uh, every week, Tuesday at 11.15, it's presented by Gary Force Acura and Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. They are out there. They will pick back up on Thursday against the Avalanche. Saturday night, late night hockey, they'll be up in Northern California against the Sharks, who are off to a horrendous start. And then they'll wrap things up Tuesday in Vancouver against the Canucks. So it's a four-game road trip over eight days. So it's an opportunity for the team to spend some time together. 
you know? Yeah. And, and so you, you need which those. Is what you like about road trips. Right, and, you need those team-building exercises, especially mm-hmm. early in the season, to get everybody on the same page and also to kind of just loosen things up a little bit, right? Kind of get right. away from hockey. And this road trip will certainly uh, allow them to do that. Right, we'll come back and discuss a little bit more about the Predators on the other side. ESPN 1025, the game. Is this the new contracts? People getting paid? By the way, happy birthday, Colton Sissons. You just heard of that yeah. interview with David Poyle. Pecorine had his 37th on Sunday. He rewarded the team with a victory last night. His 30th career start against the Red Wings. And he picked up his eighth win of the season. You got birthdays, you got new contracts. You know, it's very early in the season, but we've brought up Norris and Roman Yossi. With the start that Pecorine is off to, the, the there could be another trophy that he's adding to his uh, his shelf, his second one of these. If he keeps this up, and again, I know it's just early November, but if Pekka keeps playing at this clip, I mean, we're, we might be talking Vesna again for him later on in the season. I mean, he's off to a tremendous start. And at 37 years young, as I did the profile piece on him and his birthday the other night, um, it's just cool. I mean, it's cool to see that he just he's not slowing down, and he's he is locked in right now. As they say, uh, you know, uh, if you want the money, where do you go? You go to the bank. Yeah, it's true. That, Thank that's you. a that's a very good point. And the bank, in this case, when it comes to hockey, is what we discussed before we brought David up, where Nick Benino's been hanging around. The dirty areas, right? The tough areas where you get beat up a little bit, but. Sometimes you pay the price, and other times you get rewarded, and he's been rewarded a lot. He's got mm-hmm. eight goals. He's a smart hockey player. Like, Nick yeah. Benino gets it. Like, he's, yeah. he's been through all that. He He's just a smart, smart hockey player. And, he is. Uh, he's all, well on his way to a, to a big year, if he can keep this going. Yeah, he, and But absolutely. they need to get – there's two guys, which are interesting as we're, we're making light and having fun with the new deals, but there's two guys they got to they got to get going, and it's critical for those two guys because they're, it's they're, the contract, they're, guys. right? It's the contract year, and um, you know, Kelton Handlin right now that it's gone ten games without a point. Yeah. They they got to get him going. I mean, he just for whatever reason you chalked it up last year is joining the team at the deadline, and his you know wife is about to have a baby, and. You know, there's a lot there's a lot going on. And so you just chalk that up as there was just a lot going on. Right. Okay, now, now it's a new year. It? Yeah. So now it's a new year and you're you're fifteen games in and you know, it's just I it's gotta it's gotta look and, and be better, especially if you're playing with the talent that you are. I mean, it it's gotta be better. And then the other one is is Craig Smith, who, you know, certainly we we've known for a long time. And um, he's been a very, very consistent player over the years. You know what you're going to get out of him production-wise, and that's 20 or more goals. He's done a five out of the last six years, but right now he sits there with one goal. Now, does that mean he's invisible? Not at all. No, he's playing well. He's playing really well. He really is. Like He's extremely visible. He's They've been very good. Craig Smith has been very good. He's been working hard. Unfortunately, his hard work – is paying off for others, right? But which doesn't go unnoticed, no, by any means. No, the but coaching I'm just staff saying, and everybody sees that. But but he's just a guy where 
you're just used to does it does that mean he can't get to 20 no yeah. of course not he he's also a guy like a lot of guys that comes in waves and so when he gets hot he's a guy who can rip off six seven goals in in 10 days right that's right. that's no problem for him so i suspect at some point that he'll get rewarded for his his hard work and his play to this point he's been rewarded the team has been rewarded he just hasn't been rewarded in the goal department right and and i want to bring this up because i don't think it applies as much to craig smith even though they asked him to play the off wing to start the year to see how that would work and and now he's back to his natural position you know in peter laviolette's setup and his offense guys are going to move around i mean that's just that's what he does he moves the chess pieces around quite a bit and i think some guys adapt to that quicker than others mikhail granlin to me is a prime example of somebody that when he's in a certain spot and you leave him there and you let it gel and you let the chemistry work, then that's when you see the production out of him. When guys get hurt, come out of the lineup, you have to shift things around. I just don't know if he's adapting as quickly. And that could just be it's taking time for him to just get on the same page with everybody. Craig Smith, uh, Nick Benino. Benino told me a few weeks ago that I've played with pretty much everybody on this team now that over the, the past three years that I've been here, I, I've, I Johansson's the only one that he hasn't really played with, but he's played with pretty much everyone else. So that chemistry is there. It, it just sits quicker. Mikhail Granlin hasn't been here as long, and I think that that's part of the issue. So Craig Smith, as we just said, has been visible. You've seen him. He's making plays. He's just not. It's not showing up, you know, with assists and, and goals. But then Mikhail Granlin, it's just finding the perfect spot for him. And I just wonder how they're able to to do that because moving him around isn't working. It's just they got to find the right spot to keep him in where he can get it going. The good news is for the Predators, they've been the best offensive team in the Western Conference, second best offensive team in the National Hockey League, only behind the Washington Capitals in goals, who ironically they've already beaten. I uncovered a pretty cool trend last night in postgame that I delivered to the audience. It's why you listen Ooh. to postgame. Uh, this is hard-hitting stuff, Chase. Uh, I uncovered in my research last night on the fly that the magic number for the Predators is six goals. When they get to six <laughs> goals, they never lose. Yeah? They never lose. That's hard-hitting journalism right there. This year, they're 3-0 and when they get to six goals. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Hey, five's not the magic number. They no, had five against no. Calgary. It wasn't enough. Six is the magic number, 3-0. and they beat the Capitals six to five. They beat Anaheim six to one. And they beat Detroit six to one. Six is the magic number. They can just hmm. get to six a lot. They'll win a lot of hockey games. Well, with the way this offense is played, you can't, you can't <laughs> get that anywhere else. That's good. But I bring that up because the Capitals are the leading goal scorer yeah. in the league, and ironically, it took six goals to win that game. They needed all six to win that game against Washington earlier this year. Well, and and I'm curious to see how many they're going to need. On Thursday against Colorado. Now, you know, Landis Cog is out, Rantanen's out, so they're missing some firepower on their side, but Colorado's still a pretty good team from top to bottom. I'm curious of what that magic number, because I don't see them scoring six goals against Colorado. I mean, that that's going to be a good matchup. Maybe they do, but I'm curious to see what that magic number is going to be Thursday night. Colorado has had 12 less goals than the Predators this season. We'll come back and wrap up the second hour. Don't forget Mitch Light. We'll talk college football with him in studio. During the third hour of the program, I want to talk to all the men out there. I've been telling you for years now about my friends over at Cool Springs MD. And they know a lot of you men out there have started to seek help 
well, hormone deficiencies and imbalances. And Dr. Jeffrey Lodge, the board-certified physician over there, is front and center on that quest to helping you out. His wife, Daphne Lodge, is the registered nurse, and their experienced staff want to give you the treatments that are required to improve your quality of life. And I hope everybody out there, especially as we all get older, wants that like I do. And their services have already helped a lot of you here in the Middle Tennessee area and surrounding areas with improving your immune systems. That's important. Your energy levels, your cognitive function, and so much more. They're there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy and enriched life. There's no better time to achieve that healthy lifestyle than right now. What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone and make that appointment like I have. 615-283-7291. That's 283-7291. Or you can always go to their website, coolspringsmd.com. A hearty congrats to Michael and Gallatin. Michael correctly identified Pecorino. Look, here's the deal. Yesterday was Matt Duchesne. Today was was Pekka. As the lines exploded, both times on our show during the 11 o'clock hour, the bottom line is if you want to qualify for this unbelievable trip to Dallas on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day where you're going to get round-trip airfare and hotel accommodations and tickets to see Leonard Skinner on New Year's Eve at American Airlines Center and tickets to the Winter Classic for the Preds and the Stars at the Cotton Bowl, all this courtesy of Outback, you have to to be listening, and the minute you hear it, I mean, you have to get in there because we've had the first caller every time so far, two days in. It's the first, as the lines explode at once, and I mean an explosion, our two winners, yesterday in Murfreesboro, today in Gallatin, it was the first caller. Yeah. So you're going to have to be on your heels. You're going to have to be ready to rock and roll because the minute you hear that player, you're going to have to be dialing those digits. So good job by everybody and good job by uh, Michael to get in there first because I suspect if it wasn't Michael, it was going to be the next caller. Exactly. It's a great prize. Remember, all this week and all next week, 7 o'clock hour on Morning Drive, 11 o'clock hour on our show, and the 3 o'clock hour on the afternoons. This week and next week, those are your chances to qualify. And then on November 15th, on that Friday, the winner will be, the grand prize winner will be announced at 5.30 p.m. I thought it was a pretty interesting conversation that we had with Alan Bell and, and the London discussion yeah. that's going on right now. Because I sent that I sent that to you guys last night, and I saw I because I saw it, you know, perusing the athletic. But I do think it's interesting because it how it could affect the Titans, but affect the NFL. Because it looks like it is going to happen. It really does. I mean, and I get it now. I I used to say I don't know why they're trying so hard to to make London work. You know, I, but now I get it. I mean, it doesn't matter who they plop down there. We've seen it grow. They, I feel like they're there now every other week in the NFL. I mean, They've been there. doing it for 17 years. I know. Can but, you believe that? But it just it, every year, just, I feel yeah. like they're adding more and more games. And like I said, it feels like they're just over there all the time now. And when you turn it on first thing in the morning and you see no matter what the matchup is, whether it's the Dolphins, whether it's the Jags, whether it's the Titans, it doesn't matter. It, it's a packed house, 80,000, loud and into it. And so I get it. it. It does look like it's very clear they enjoy American football over there in London. 
And I can understand. I mean, there, there are franchises here that, while the NFL is extremely healthy, there are franchises that are not healthy. Right. You know, that they, they do have issues, and it's a lot of it's because of they're losing. Losing all the time. And we I remember a conversation vividly when we had Lorenzo Neal on with us right after it was announced that L.A. was going to get two teams and that the Chargers were leaving San Diego. And, of course, Lorenzo Neal played for the Chargers. He played for the Titans. He knows the lay of the land in California, even though he's out in Northern California. He played for the Raiders. I remember him telling us, guys, it's not going to work. Yeah. Two teams in L.A. is not going to work. The team from San Diego is not going to work in Los Angeles. The Chargers will not work in L.A. And I was like, wow. It was like he was very adamant about that. And when you watch the Chargers games and every time they play any team with a fan base, whether it was Green Bay last week, it's just filled and littered with cheeseheads. Whether it's the Steelers and you see the stands littered in black and gold. Whether it was the Eagles last year, littered right. in green. It doesn't, like I said, the Cowboys, any team with a big fan base, a big following. They're going to buy it out. They just buy out the whole. It, yeah. it, I feel bad for the Chargers. Like, it's embarrassing. It's just the other team's well, it's fans. A, it's, a, it's a tough position to be in because – they tried everything to stay in San Diego. That's That was their first choice. They didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay in San Diego, but the city just wasn't willing to budge. And, I mean, it mentions in this article that a move back to San Diego is a non-starter because they they have basically just moved on from stadium Which plans. is amazing. So, it's yeah, amazing. It's silly in, in my mind, I mean, that they, they would do that. But I guess they're content just having the Padres, and, and that's it. But – you know, what's interesting to me, if because the NFL clearly wants to be in London, and if the Chargers are on board with this, then cool. But I do wonder if there's another NFL-hungry city that might see this and go, okay, wait a minute, we'll step up. We're willing to, you know, like Vegas did for the Raiders, we're willing to step up and build a stadium, and then all of a sudden the Chargers are like, oh, you know what, we'd rather go to San Antonio or – We'd rather go to Oklahoma City or you know something like that of a team here because no matter what, that's going to be more appealing because of the travel and well, the expense logistics. Goes it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a lot. Like I don't. That's know. the thing that worries me. To me, you have to. You're going to have to have two off weeks, two bye weeks for everybody. Mm-hmm. So the season's going to get stretched out. Even though, as we've talked about this season, it looks like preseason finally. Finally, there's been enough, you know, outpouring and people screaming from the mountaintops like this show and shows all around the country and fans saying enough, stop charging everybody, stop charging us full price for a a practice. That's ridiculous for most of these guys. You'll never even see on Sundays, like stop it. And so it looks like preseason is probably going to get cut in half. So you have to find ways to make up that money and to keep growing the brand, which is very good. Like to, They're now at like $15 million. I think Alan Bell said they'd like to be at a $25 billion right. pie every year, which is absurd. But I would say that would go a long ways because – But they'll, they'll probably get there. I mean, I don't, I don't see it slowing down. They probably get there. Well, but, I mean, you're going to have to do some – outside the box thinking like well, this putting a team in london is, right. is a part of that 
I I still I do believe that the NFL will use this as a bargaining chip to get at least a 17th game in the regular season cuz they're not going to let that go. And if if a part of that is okay, the players association's like, "All right, we're we're good. We'll go to London, but we want a second bye." Two preseason games, one extra regular season yep. game and two byes. Yep. And I think that's the league will come back with. I'll, okay, I'll tell you right now, I'd sign up for that. I, 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 I would. would be that would be to me a good move if the owners are willing to go. Okay, you this pie that's getting bigger. We're going to give the players a little bit more of that pie, and the players I think would go for it, even though they're playing an extra game. They get a second week off, less preseason, and then you know a little bit more money, and then you have the logistics of the travel. That's and you you have to you have to put a commitment to that. You can't just give up after three years of, oh, this is too hard traveling to London. We're going to move. The, the Chargers are coming back. I think there has to be a, a set, you know, five years, ten years. I don't know what the commitment is, but you got to commit to it, and you got to do what you can to make it work. We just got odds on Twitter from Alan Bell's employer, Sportsline. Where will the Chargers be playing home games in the 2025 season? Okay, which is that five-year window that we were talking about yep. earlier. Los Angeles even. London plus 200, San Antonio plus 800, then San Diego, Portland, Oakland, Toronto, and anywhere else. So, still the favorite is for them to be in L.A. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. It's something. To be continued. All right, we'll switch gears, talk a little college football. There's kind of a huge game this weekend. There's some huge games as we start a new month. We'll talk with Mitch Light. Athlon Sports on the other side. Here of Darren, Donnie, and Chase, ESPN 1025, the game.